On today's Locked On Angels, all right, let's be honest, the negotiations during the lockout are not looking great. Let's get you an update. Plus, we answer some more of your questions. Is Seiya Suzuki a potential target for the Halos? And then we'll wrap up the show today with a look at the latest rankings in the Angels farm system. That's right now on Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. I'm Steve Granato. We are three times a week right now, Monday, Wednesday, Friday during the offseason. Um, and it's going to stay that way right now throughout February as we work through these negotiations and the lockout. You can follow me over on Twitter at Steve Granato. Of course, we're at Locked On Angels. Okay, let's get to, again, a couple of the topics we have here today. Um, Let's get to the lockout stuff. There were some meetings on Tuesday, so we got to get you updated on what's going on in the lockout situation. And then, of course, we're answering more of your questions. You guys sent in so many questions over the weekend. We had to break it up into two episodes, so I have questions in the second part of our show, and that also includes some look at Seiya Suzuki. Um, so we'll talk about that, some other things, and then, of course, some new uh, rankings in the Angels' prospects. So let's start with the lockout. Um, this is coming from Evan Drellich over from The Athletic. This is what he had to say on Twitter on February the 1st. Today's 90-minute meeting between MLB and the MLBPA was heated. Some owners and players participated. The MLBPA made moves in two areas. Service time manipulation and pre-arbitration bonus pool dropped requests from $105 million to $100 million to be determined when the next core economics meeting will be. Um, so l- let's kind of break that down a little bit. There are some tweaks to the uh, players' proposal. So this was their latest proposal. And uh, so the drop in the pre-arbitration bonus pool. So remember what this bonus pool is. This is for like first-year players, young players who are just up in the bigs for the first time, don't have contracts. So that means they are not getting bonuses like your Mike Trout's of the world. When Mike Trout wins MVP, when Mike Trout gets a silver slugger, he gets money for that. It's built in to his contract. So the players have proposed that this exists. The owners have slightly agreed. Um, and this is what their proposal has gone from $105 million down to $100 million. Remember, the owner's last proposal said $10 million. So they are still very, very far off. Um, this is what Evan Drellich had to say in his full article on The Athletic. He says, regarding service time manipulation, this is big, the union has proposed a system where a player who might not normally get a year of service time would be credited with one year if they reach certain thresholds and levels of performance. The union plan would award a full year of service to rookies who finish in the top five in their league for rookie of the year, top three for reliever of the year, and or make first or second team all MLB. Before Tuesday's adjustments, non-outfielders and non-pitchers who placed in the top 10 at their positions in their respective leagues according to an average of B-War and F-War would also qualify, as would starting pitchers, relief pitchers, outfielders who placed in the top 30. Now it's top 7 and top 20, respectively. Okay, so lots of uh, stuff coming here. So obviously that the one of the big sticking points throughout these all these negotiations, the players are trying to stop service time manipulation. What is service time manipulation? Um, this is when players who are essentially ready to play Major League Baseball are held with a held at AAA, AA, wherever they are. They're held down in the minors and then called up when the service time clock has already stopped, right? Essentially, I guess that's kind of the best way to put it. So if they start before this date, that means that year is a year gone on his Major League contract, which lasts uh, seven years, right? So that means that 
owners, whatever organizations are holding those players down when they should be in the major leagues and then calling them up after that clock has started, right? So they call after, later, that way they get an extra year of that player without having to pay them a full contract. So that is the big sticking point, right? And so now it's the owner's turn to propose something. Um, like, like Evan Jolich said, we do not know when the next negotiations are. So this is, I wanted to get on something here. And while these or these things keep happening, right, we get these little incremental things. And honestly, right now, it's not looking great. It's not looking great. And and spring training is in jeopardy. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, I remember last time, last time they spoke, we know that owners are already conceding that they're like, yeah, we can lose games. It doesn't matter. Um, so this is this is what I wanted to get at here. As we continue throughout these negotiations, I wanted to bring this point up. The social contract of baseball, right? What us, the fans, are expecting, right? What we expect when we turn on the game, when we go to the ballpark, what we expect out of the game of Major League Baseball is you're trying to win, right? That's all we want. That's all we want as fans. We are sports fans. We want people to go out, try their hardest. You know, if they can't do it, that's the game. That's how life works. But you go out there with the intention to win, play hard, and put a competitive team on the field. And the owners have broken that contract, right? That's the problem here. And that's what this service time manipulation thing is. Because if you have somebody in your system that is good enough and ready to play in Major League Baseball now, why aren't they there, right? And the answer there from the owner's perspective is money. We don't want to pay that guy more money if we wait two more weeks, then I don't have to pay him. For another year. I get to keep him for another year. That's the problem here. And for the people who are saying the millionaire versus billionaire argument thing, that is so besides the point, right? The money is important to the players, obviously. We know that. They are trying to get paid for their talent, and they should. <laughs> if I had that talent, I'd want that money too, right? So the contract here is broken, and I think that's the core of all these negotiations, or lack thereof. The core of all the issues right now, not just in baseball, but in a lot of just professional sports, is that it is ran as a business. And I get it. I get it. But the problem there, again, is that owners have lost the social contract. If you're not out or in this game to win, then what are you even doing? There is no point then. If you're just running it as a business, you are lying to the fans, you are lying to the people who support you, and it's just bad for the game, it's bad for the sport, and I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I just felt like this had to be said, and it has to get out there, right? Because we deserve that as fans, we are giving our hard-earned money, right? We work every day, we give our hard-earned money to go to the ballpark and buy a hot dog and buy a jersey and all that stuff. We as fans deserve competitive baseball for what we are giving up, which is our, mon mo our money and our time, right? We want to win. Owners should want that as well. So keep that in mind as these negotiations continue to go on. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it actually tastes so good, you actually want to eat it. Unlike those other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. 
Got an idea for you. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in your car, wherever they are. Throw out all those sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars instead. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Got a special promo code for you locked on listeners go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com back here on locked on angels your first listen of the day so we had a slew of questions coming in from you guys throughout the weekend so we had to get to some of them that we were unable to get to in our last episode so let's start um with this one coming from our youtube community this is coming from edward thanks edward for sending in your question saying do you think the angels are trying to sign seya suzuki it would make sense to put him in right field and trade adele or marsh in a package for a quality starter so Seiya Suzuki, something that we have not talked about here on Locked on Angels, something that I have not do- dove into just yet. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Um, the likelihood of Seiya Suzuki coming to the Angels, I don't know how high it is. It's kind of a, I mean, I think the lockout has a lot to do with that, obviously, right? We don't know where this international situation is at at this point. It's on hold right now. Seiya obviously uh, wants to come to the States and play in Major League Baseball. Um, he's an infielder, right? Um, so... Putting him in right field, I don't, I mean, personally never watched him play. I've seen a couple of highlights, but I don't know much about him aside from that. So um, what I do know about Seiya Suzuki is he is friends with Shohei Otani. We know that he is actually friends with him. Um, And his interest in coming to Major League Baseball peaked or started in 2015. And the guy that really inspired him, the guy that he was watching was Mike Trout. So that was the guy where he saw and he's like, I want to play with players like that. I want to be in a competitive league like that. So there are ties to Seiya Suzuki between the Angels. Now, with that being said, there isn't really anything tying the franchise to Seiya Suzuki, at least that we know of. Um, When he was supposed to be posted in December, obviously lockout stuff, but when he's supposed to be posted in December, um, it doesn't. I didn't see anything. I didn't see any ties to them. Uh, we know the Red, Red Sox are interested. The Rays are partly are interested. Um, but there was nothing that said Angels interested in Seiya Suzuki. Um, MLB Trade Rumors has put it around five five years is what the, he's looking for. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know, again, that there wasn't much movement there. Didn't There wasn't any rumors there that the Angels were interested. But also, you know, on the flip side, you know, it was kind of the same way for Shohei. It wasn't like all, you know, the whole time it's like, oh, Shohei is really in on the Angels. The Angels are really in on him. It kind of spur of the moment, uh, or at least it seemed like at least how we got the news, if I remember correctly. So I don't know how much interest there is there from the Angels front office as an organization. I'm sure they've looked at it. Why wouldn't you look at it when the Angels have an obvious hole up the middle? But as far as like trading Adele, trading Marsh because of that, I think it would have to happen in that sort of way. It's like you get Seiya Suzuki, then you go out and trade Adele or Marsh or something like that. I'll leave a link to the trade Adele or Marsh episode down in the episode description if you ever missed that one. We had a whole conversation about that, so I won't get too into that here. But thanks, Edward, for your question. Uh, It was a a good time to talk about it here. I know that a couple of other Locked On podcasts have talked about it, so I'm glad that we can jump in on this conversation piece as well. Okay, we got another question coming in here from Invasion of Mikes over on Twitter saying, where do you feel the state of Angels culture is at for current and retired players? Thank you so much. You sent in a bunch of questions over the weekend. I had to pick and choose here, so thank you. Um, 
bad. <laughs> it's not good. This is so this is I wanted to use this as a springboard to talk about this real quick is right now, like you can't post, right? Like you can't talk about current players. You can't talk about MLB PA players right now, right? Um, apparently they were allowed to for MLB the show though, because the Angels tweeted about it and so did MLB. So I don't know how that worked out. I guess there's some weird contract thing there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is the perfect time to be talking about your your former players and reaching out to them and getting them on board and using them as conversation pieces and like getting that culture up. So I don't know why the Angels aren't doing that right now. Um, last I checked, the Angels hadn't tweeted in like over two weeks or something or posted on Instagram or something like that before the, the show, hey, MLB the show news. So I'm going like, like look, I know that it's the offseason. Take your time off. I mean, God knows you deserve it. But if you're going to be having to create content right now, why not use what you can use? Use this as a perfect opportunity to do that. So I don't know why the Angels haven't dove into their rich history of former players, but they just haven't. And um, not great. It's not great. I, I wish that it were better. Uh, we talk about that a lot here. All right, one more here in this segment. Uh, this is coming from Luke from Twitter, from Mystic Man 776 saying, there seems to be a formula with the White Sox and with Freddie Peralta this year of prospects being in the bullpen and having success there for a while before becoming starters in the majors. Do you think this will be a good route to take with Reed Detmers given his recent struggles, or given his struggles, sorry. Um, thank you, Luke, for your question first. Uh, we're going to talk about Reed Detmers here in the next segment in just a second, but I don't know if that's, I don't think that's warranted to throw him into the bullpen yet. Um, sure, I mean, if that works for the White Sox, works for the White Sox, maybe the Angels consider it. I don't know. But I think that you need to temper your expectations. Remember, this dude did not have a lot of seasoning in minor league ball, and he got thrown to the highest league in the world. <laughs> so um, struggles, I mean, like I put so, so, so little stock into that. I don't really care at all at how Reed Detmers did in 2021. And I think the Angels are probably thinking the same thing. I don't care what he looked like in 2021, just like the Angels didn't care what Shohei looked like in spring training 2018. We know what we're getting here. We know the tools. We know we can project. We can guess where this guy is going to be here in a year or two or three or four in just a couple of months, man, I am not taking too much stock into that. I don't think the Angels are. Maybe they try something like that. Um, but I, I really don't think that because it, I don't know if that's like a punishment or however Reed Detmers would see it, but it just doesn't seem like an organizational philosophy. I guess is kind of what I'm getting at here. It doesn't seem like an organizational philosophy to do something like that, especially with a guy who has had so little seasoning in professional baseball. I think Reed Detmers is still going to get the full opportunity to be a part of the Angels rotation in 2022. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute inf up info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online where the game starts. Back here on Locked On Angels, your first listen of the day. Steve Granada with you. Okay, we, as promised, have a look at some of the latest rankings for the Angels prospect system right now. Um, this is coming from Keith Law of The Athletic. 
And I know that people like to dunk on Keith Law every now and then on Twitter and stuff. So take all these with a grain of salt. This is one guy's opinion. Um, and I know that everyone thinks, oh, this guy should be higher. That guy should be lower. You know, like, come on, let's let's all take this with a grain of salt. This is just something that's come out. And I thought it was interesting to point out. So that's why, one, it's in the back end of the show. But two, why we're still going to talk about it. So let's go ahead and get to it. Um, it was the top 100 prospects in baseball right now. And the Angels had a couple on there. Um, and there was one also on a follow-up article that just missed the top 100. So let's look at the top ones. We mentioned there at the end of our last segment, Reed Detmers checked in at number 19, uh, 22 years old, left-hander, the 10th overall pick in 2020. He jumped up to number 19, all the way from number 65 from a year ago. Um, he went in on this and detailed out kind of what we just talked about, about his rocky uh, 2021. You know, his major league debut wasn't clean and it wasn't an amazing time, but we saw some flashes of it. Um, but you remember he missed most of 2020 um, and then is now working with higher velocity. So he has improved his average fastball rate. He was 88 to 92 once he was in college, and now that's up to averaging 93. So he's throwing a little bit harder, which is uh, helping out his slider a little bit more um, because of this arm strength now. So the the big takeaway here to take away from this Keith Law write-up is this last part. Um, that I found interesting. He says his ceiling now is tied to whether any of his pitches emerges as a clear swing and miss offering. But if he returns to plus command of a repertoire that should have three grade 55 pitches, that's a solid number to starter on any staff. So that's really good news. Um, also to note here, he is one ahead uh, in the rankings of Keith Law of uh, catcher Henry Davis, who was the number 20, a uh, number one overall pick last year. Um, so Interesting in that regard that he is higher than him. He's obviously a little bit older, has a major league experience now. So take that all however you want to. Um, there was one more on the top 100 list. Sam Bachman checked in at number 60, the right-hander. Uh, also 22, was the number nine overall pick in 2021. So obviously he was not on the rankings list of the offseason last year. Um, this is what Keith Law had to say. Bachman had the best pure stuff of any starting pitcher prospect in the 2021 draft, running his fastball up to 102 uh, with a plus slider in the low 90s with plenty of strikeouts at the University of Miami. Um, talking about that there's some effort uh, in his delivery. You throw, don't throw 102 without uh, some effort, of course. Um, but his arm action is fairly compact. He just doesn't generate as much power from his lower half. Other thing to note here at the very end, he has number one starter upside with those two plus plus pitches. So that's great. Um, plus slider, plus fastball, or plus plus slider, plus plus fastball. Um, yeah, number one starter upside, which is awesome. Um, the Angels did a pretty darn good job drafting last year and we're in the last two years and we're starting to see it now. Um, so very, very interesting in that regard. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, there was a just missed the list kind of situation going on at the athletic. Um, and one of the guys that just missed the list, Kyron Paris, a guy who was at, um, at uh, Inland Empire this past year, 20 years old, very, very young guy, um, and he's a middle infielder, number 55 overall in 2019 out of high school, um, and just, you know, that nice to see that the Angels do have a position player. We've talked about Kyron Paris. We know that he is a couple of years away, still likely to play at Pasco, Washington with the Tri-City Dust Devils this year um, when that comes here in a couple of weeks or a little over a month and a half or so. Um, that'll be coming up 
or I guess two months. There you go. Math. Uh, two months uh, minor league baseball start starting up here soon. So interesting to see that Kyron Paris is just off the list. That's a good sign. Nice to see that a position player is still on there. We've talked about the draft a couple of times. I fully expect a regular quote-unquote draft here in 2022. The Angels will probably go a little more conventional on mixing in because they're a little short on position players throughout the organization. So I figure there will be a more balanced draft uh, as opposed to last year when it was all pitchers, literally all pitchers. So I, I anticipate a more balanced draft in 2022. Uh, let me know how you feel about this kind of stuff. Are you interested in Seiya Suzuki? Are you upset at owners? Are you upset at players? Are you upset at the lockout? Are you over the lockout? Let me know all this stuff. Let me know how you feel about these rankings as well in the comment section here on YouTube and of course at Locked on Angels or better yet, give me a phone call 714-409-6396. If you leave me a voicemail, you can be featured on the show. Would love to have you a part of the show. We're always trying to build that community here over on Locked on Angels. Thanks for making us your first listen today for your second listen check out locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling All right, guys, that's going to do it for us in today's episode of Locked On Angels, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Don't forget to check out my other podcasts in the episode description as well. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. I'm Steve Granato. Later.